Welcome to Ethereal Odyssey Podcast. We're using divination and intuitive support to help you become your highest possible self. Hello everyone, thanks for tuning back in. For those of you who have not ever listened to my podcast, welcome. My name is Allison, Um, I am the host of Ethereal Odyssey um, as well as a tarot reader and novice astrologer in my practice. I am stationed out of southeastern Ohio and just kind of swimming around in this cosmic mess right now. <laughs> um, so I've been having some problems trying to get this episode launched. It was initially supposed to drop a uh, Saturday morning, but a lot of um, scheduling errors and um, just general vibrations were not aligning with the kinds of things I had to share for this episode. So I decided to just wait, um, and then I finally decided just to rewrite my notes all together on Monday. And this week has been really crazy. Um, If anybody doesn't know, I skate for a roller derby team. So this week has been insane. Practice almost every day. um, Getting ready for the scrimmage coming up. So I'm insanely tired. (laughs) So that's why I'm recording this at 6 in the morning on Wednesday. So, we are full-fledged into the Pisces season, um, right in the middle of a Mercury retrograde. How exciting is that? (laughs) So, I'm going to break it down a little bit um, in a second, and we'll talk about Pisces and uh, what kind of tarot cards that Pisces represents, and Mercury, and... Um, the kind of general energies that are going to be coming through for this season. So things that are coming up, I have my website finally up, but it is still bare bones right now, so I'm not going to announce or send a link to where it's available, Um, but I'm going to keep working on that throughout the week while I can, And uh, hopefully by Saturday, I'll actually have it completed and ready for the public view. Now, I know you're probably asking why in the world would you want to launch your website in the middle of Mercury Retrograde? Well, because I've been planning for months to try to launch this website. Um, But, yeah, it just never felt right and... I got a swift kick in the ass the other day when I asked um, my runes and tarot cards, uh, what can I be doing to help, like, motivate or promote my career? And I got Kenaz and the Three of Wands in reverse. So that felt like a lot of, um, you already have the will and fire and drive and creativity to be able to put this out there. You just need to quit relying on others and what others think. 
um, and get yourself out there. <laughs> I do that a lot. I do rely on other people's um, points of view before valuing my own. Um, I guess it's just this blockage that I have from since I was a kid feeling um, behind or left out just because I didn't understand things quite the same as other people. And I thought it was just because it was me and I had some kind of like learning disability or something. No, it's just because uh, I'm an Aquarius. So that means that I operate on a different frequency than other people. It doesn't mean that I'm any better or less. It just means that I'm different and um, I can't go about certain things. Um, my brain doesn't want to function on the same type of uh, organization as the mass majority of people. Uh, for an example, I absolutely... Um, hated standardized tests. Um, I was always way better at writing or doing papers or essays or something like that um, just because I could really dive into symbolism and articulate what I was trying to explain. But with standardized tests, um, I felt like I was very limited to the four answers and I was not very analytical. Um, I could absorb material, but I just could not um, explain my answers in a great way, and I didn't feel like there were very good options for me. And I sound—I know that sounds silly, especially when you think about like mathematics, like, oh, how many answers could there possibly be? But when I'm, like, daydreaming in the middle of, like, tr trigonometry and I'm missing, like, crucial pieces of this geometric puzzle, then I'm totally lost. Anyways, this isn't really about, um, me. <laughs> it's about Pisces and Mercury. So let's talk about Pisces a little bit. And I think, um, the fact that it is Pisces season is probably why I'm having a pretty hard time, um, concentrating on getting this episode out there because Pisces is the ruler of uh, the spiritual realm and ethereal realm, uh, including dreams and emotions, and psychic ability, divination, but they can also be like escapist and too codependent and very prone to addiction because they have all these overwhelming emotions and insights. Um, I'm not saying all of them are um, addicts or that no other zodiac sign are prone to becoming addicts. Um, there definitely are. This is just generally um, a trend. So Pisces is a mutable or a changeable sign. Um, which is appropriate why it falls under, it's the last sign of winter before you change to spring. It's kind of really uh, like a cathartic and powerful sign. 
Um, for me, it's almost like the beginning and end of a witch's year all at once. If you think about it, it's like the end of the um, astrological circle of houses. And it's also the beginning for me because uh, Pisces season was the first season that I got my tarot cards in um, about six years ago. So it's kind of neat to be able to uh, gauge your year from, okay, this is how far I've come spiritually in a year or six years. And then this is also like a reflection of the past year and how you're advancing. So Pisces, like I said, typically rules the 12th house um, of spirituality and such. So they're very in tune with the like emotional energy that means the spiritual divine um it's like the spiritual drive for more um they could have all of these things but unless they have that real specific um foundation in a different type of reality <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm making sense, but I'm just going to keep going for it. Um, they can feel somewhat like they don't have a purpose. So other Pisces themes um, would be like movies or music, anything that's like creative and imaginative. Um, on the car ride to work. I usually um, just keep the radio off and either listen to a podcast or just talk to spirit. Um, just kind of using the morning as a, a waking meditation in a way to get myself um, aligned to where I need to be at for the day. Uh, but lately I found myself only really saying a few words to spirit and then just singing to nothing, to no music. Uh, singing to songs that I haven't thought about in years, um, ones that I used to listen to, you know, like forever ago or like when I was a teenager. And I didn't realize that there was correlation between music and singing and Pisces until I um, did all this research. I knew that they were very like romantic idolized but um I didn't realize that that was a part of it so Pisces rules the feet um and the thought of the feet are very interesting because you get this hard callousness but you also get this very um open sensitivity um, I mean, like, reflexology is a whole science on its own where, depending on the pressure points in your feet, can show what kind of problems are manifesting throughout your whole body. Um, I think that would be really interesting to look into for an episode as reflexology, maybe. If anybody else wants to check into that, let me know. Let me take a sip of coffee. Okay, 
So if you think about the feet in a little bit of a symbolism, the feet are the part of the body that is the most in contact with the earth um, at all times. So this is a very grounding quality. Um, very tough but and callous, but very sensitive. It's very in touch with the environment as well as the very first thing that helps propel us when we're wading into water. And if you think about water being our... Uh, symbolism to that emotional energy or the deepest depths of our subconsciousness, um, our feet are also what propel us into this um, deeper understanding within the um, celestial celestial (laughs) world in within ourselves. Pisces is also ruled by the planet Neptune, and the planet Neptune is supposed to represent dreams and illusions. Are you starting to see the theme here? (laughs) Psychic abilities, fantasy, um, which again is why Pisces are seen as like romantics or very intuitive driven people. Um... It's almost like the veil between the material realms and the other dimensions. Um, that is where the Pisces tend to live. Um, next to this veil, whether they can choose to lift or not um, depends on how in tune they are with themselves, how much they are willing to um, put themselves out there, or even how like who they are individually and what the rest of their chart looks like. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm just going to keep going with this. I'll probably edit it later, but I'm just going to put this out there for the world before we get too far into uh Pisces season. So Neptune um also correlates with the hanged man and tarot in which we talked about that on my last episode of the threes and tarot and it's about surrendering one's physical body in a moment to travel through the astral realms and alternate realities um so the best type of imagery i can give you an example of would be when you're doing some kind of like hallucinogen or let's say like mushrooms or something, um, you can feel extremely uncomfortable in your body and almost like physically sick. Um, I've gotten sick a lot, but, (laughs) um, but then once you surrender to the waves of the hallucinations coming on, um, and you just surrender to what's actually happening within your psyche. You're able to ride these waves of uh, insight a lot better. Um, a couple like thoughts were being like, 
feeling the connection to everything as a wholeness, almost like in a meditative stance, but way deeper, almost losing ego. Um, that was most like one of the most powerful things or um, connecting with spirit on a whole different level. Uh, but anyways, once you surrender um, on that different type of level um, and then just kind of like leave your body behind for a second, um, that's the kind of energy we are talking about when we talk about Neptune and Pisces. <clears throat> now, I know you're probably um, thinking like, why, what does Poseidon or... Uh, Neptune have to do with any of that, um, besides the fact that it's blue, um, so they correlate a lot with the ocean, and the ocean being our deep, deeper, like, subconsciousness and emotions, um, tides that are constantly shifting and changing, um, pools that can go as deep as a couple inches to, you know, several hundred thousands of feet, The possibilities are more or less endless. It is very elusive, but once we uh, work with this and we practice with this, um, we'll start to understand things more. Now, I wanted to talk about the moon. Um, the moon as the energy and the moon as the tarot card. Uh, because the moon in tarot is ruled by Pisces, um, I felt like it was important to bring it up. And then I started making all of these connections to uh, the vibrations and the um, archetypes that were working with me lately. So let me know if any of these apply to you. So the moon, um, it illuminates our fears and anxieties, Okay. The Pisces is representative of the moon, um, and in Antero, it's like uh, an intuitive uh, reflection, almost. It's controllative of our third eye in the pineal gland, um, and the feet. It's your fears and insecurities. It's the feminine energy, um... It's like, what is turning up in the rocky shores of your dreams? So, what do I mean by that? I mean, um, it's this feminine energy. So, let's think about the moon in almost like a duality to the sun. So think of it as like almost like a cosmic partnership. Um, as the sun is the counterpart of the moon, we see this opposition. So like the sun versus the moon, um, they're both equal in importance and in size if you're thinking about like how you see the moon and the sun from Earth. Um, just as a human, not with the telescope or any knowledge of um, expansion or anything like that. Um, but yeah, let's look at some of the comparisons. So the sun being radiance and giving light and the sun or the moon, excuse me, 
is uh, a reflection of this light. Um, the moon actually doesn't emit any light itself. It's only a reflection of the light that's cast upon it. The sun is the consciousness. The moon is the subconsciousness. The sun is a masculine energy. The moon is a feminine energy. The sun is action. The moon is insight. The sun is light. The moon is hidden in darkness. The sun is uh, aggressive. And the moon is... I would argue that it's not always passive, but... I think that it's interesting to look at those type of uh, dualities because it kind of makes a lot more sense for me when I see it written down on almost like a black and white sense. And I feel like that could really help you understand like what does it really mean to be the sun or the moon card. Um, yeah, look into that. It'll uh, shed some light, if you will, <laughs> on uh, things that don't make sense. But if we think about um, the waters of Pisces and um, the moon and the waters of Pisces, this reflection intuition, we as human beings um, on an animal or a primal sense cannot live without water, okay? We physically cannot live without it. Our bodies are made up of 70% of water or whatever the... Uh, percentages but we also can't live as humans without sleeping or dreaming um there we could go what was it like a week or two without sleeping or dreaming before we start to hallucinate and our health really starts to deteriorate um but yeah, that's kind of funny how we could fast and we could change our diets and we could even be locked away in a dark cell uh, without the sun, but we absolutely cannot live without water and sleep. thought that was kind of interesting. So another type of energy that kept coming through for the Pisces season was the High Priestess. And what high priestess better to talk about as uh, Artemis and Hecate, both being Greek goddesses. Um, I've not worked with Artemis very much, um, but she's still a great energy. And I feel like there's a lot of similarities with um, Artemis's energy and Hecate. Artemis is probably a little bit more on the down-to-earth side than Hecate, I would say. So for Artemis, she's the Greek goddess of the moon, feminine energy, including childbirth, the hunt, nature, and blood mysteries, which, you know, you get the moon affecting all of the tides. Um, also, our monthly cycle, if you're... Um, still having periods or if you're available to have them on a regular cycle um, are very much like in tune with the moon cycles. 
anyways, so she is the goddess of moon feminine energy and all that stuff. Um, and as she was born, she also, like, immediately turned around and helped her mother give birth to her twin brother, Apollo, the son of God. How funny is that? <laughs> uh, since she is, um, a goddess of childbirth and the huntress, uh, women in labor would call out to her and either, um, ask for help with the birthing process or to put them out of their misery. I didn't even think about the correlation between um, this entity living between these two worlds of giving life and taking life, of um, childbirth and fertility, but then also like the huntress and um, ending life into the next world. So Hecate is somewhat similar, um, but she's the great goddess of the night. Of magic, witches. Um, she's seen as the triple goddess, but primarily of wisdom. And I usually see her as um, wise like a crone, um, but she never really ever appears older to me. She usually just appears my age. But yeah, that's something interesting. Is do you guys ever see? your, um, spirits as being, like, a certain age, I feel as though the majority of the spirits I work with are close to my age, except for Odin. He was, like, very much like a dad or something. I don't know. Just thought it was interesting to think about. Anyways, so she's the triple goddess, um, but primarily of wisdom, um, because you get this, like, maiden mother crone type of trend. Uh, she's a midwife overseeing birthing in the world and into death. Deep intuitive healing knowledge. Uh, seen wearing black with moon and stars. Shape of a headdress. Uh, also seen with dogs. Uh, similar to Hella. And very, um, intense high priestess vibes. Which the moon rules over, like we said. Yeah. Hecate has been coming up a lot for me lately. Um, she came up for me sometime last year in the winter time, or the fall rather, uh, when I was still supposed to be working on some shadow stuff. And she did help me make some pretty big leaps with my own uh, work and admittance. And then it was... A little overwhelming, so I put it on the back burner again, but, um, she's pretty insistent on me working with her, uh, here as of lately. So, I'm just here for the ride. Um, she's in control, and I'm doing as much as I can. Uh, I have noticed that I've wanted to wear a lot of black and blue lately. Uh, maybe it's Hecate. Maybe I just really like grunge fashion. Who's to say? But, yeah, she's a goddess that I work with um, pretty regularly right now. Moving on. So, with all of these energies of Pisces, and this psychic energy, and this deep intuition, and this deep insight, we get this season of um, introversion, in a sense, if you will of, um, deep healing and understanding, of deep wisdom, 
And then you throw Mercury in there, in which Mercury's in retrograde. We'll talk about what retrograde means in a second. But let's talk about um, Mercury as an energy or an entity. Okay, so the easiest way to talk about Mercury is to uh, correlate him with um, a tarot card. So Mercury is ruled by... um, or excuse me, the magician is ruled by Mercury, okay, or Hermes, if you will. So think about it like the he's the master of manifesting through space and time, of cosmic energy. Um, our perception of the world changes the world type of thing, okay? In astrology, Mercury rules messages and communication, logic and reasoning, writing, speech, and technology, Um, he's the closest planet to the sun, so he's the ruler of, like, short trips, the everyday commute, quick, quick thinking. (laughs) Um, so he acts as almost like an emissary between the worlds. Are you starting to see a trend? Since this energy is so closely tied to the everyday life, this is why we get so flustered when the energies start to shift and change, slowing us down. Okay, I also didn't add that Mercury rules technology. Um, So if I'm correct, Mercury is the planet that rules uh, Gemini and Virgo, which they're very both um, communication and information driven when Gemini is more just about straight communicating to the closest people around you, like siblings, I guess. Um, And Virgo is more analytical, taking their time, gathering all of the correct facts and information. They're like fact checkers, I guess I could say. Um, But yeah, you get these kind of themes of Mercury being this direct communication information um, entity. Okay, so we're dealing with this on a daily level, okay? Um, Exchanging thoughts and information, ideas, um, communicating, you know, especially with spirit, like, on a daily level, hopefully. When the Mercury goes retrograde, this is what happens. Um, because the universe knows we can get lost in our everyday tasks, it, as a planet of the everyday, Mercury, makes us take a pause, okay? Um, so what physically happens is, since Mercury is closest to its sun, its orbit is going to be much shorter than ours. I believe it's 88 days, if I'm not correct. Um, or maybe that's the time between the retrogrades. Doesn't matter. doesn't matter. (laughs) What happens was, imagine you are in a car, Mercury's, we are Earth, okay? We're in a car. Mercury is another car, okay? We are passing him on the highway, and at some point in time, even though we know he's still going forward, we look over and he almost seems like he's traveling backwards for a time right? Because we're going faster than Mercury. So this is what happens when Mercury goes retrograde, is 
the optical illusion of Mercury traveling backwards um, from our perspective on Earth. Okay, so this happens about three to four times per year. It's about a three-week period uh, plus the two-week shadow period. Um, and I like to think of the shadow period like the electrical field that um, starts to form before like a lightning or a thunderstorm. Um, kind of like this electromagnetic uh, field that helps usher in the chaos. <laughs> So, uh, the shadow period being the question or the food for thought, and the retrograde being the lesson or the medicine of that um, time frame. So, let's talk about some examples. Um, why do I blame other people for my own mistakes? Um, because... I'm afraid of taking ownership over my own actions or lack of. Okay, let's talk about some better examples. Uh, why do I not have enough? Okay, and my retrograde lesson would be because I don't appreciate the abundance I have now. Now, I'm not saying that... Now, I'm not saying that these really make sense at all. They might not to some people. But let's do a little perspective, okay? Um, yeah. So the shadow period following, or er, before this retrograde, I was feeling very disenchanted, very emotionally unstable. Um, I was feeling like... I couldn't even be around the people that I cared about without feeling just overwhelmed. And I didn't, I kept thinking about the monetary things. Like, I didn't have enough money to do this or that or to afford the things that I needed. I was only really ever getting by, um, just slightly not really able to save much. I didn't really have anything to look forward to either. Um, but I just stopped, um, flushing myself with Netflix, um, and had to just take a pause with spirit. And, um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was specifically he Hecate who came forward and said it, but, um, yeah, great voice said gratitude brings abundance and abundance brings gratitude. And they're totally right. Because in that time period, um, the month before, I had gotten so caught up in my own little world and in myself that I wasn't praying regularly to spirit like I usually did, um, or setting time for meditation. Um, I was just getting caught up in my everyday thing and just binge watching Netflix, but then I was like, well, why isn't anything happening? Why can't I do all these things or whatever? And they're like, because, bitch, you ain't grateful. <laughs> so I had to stop and um, really appreciate what I did have. And that's when the shadow period really started to lift off because we um, had, like, a huge windstorm and our power got knocked out overnight and into the next morning. And it was absolutely freezing 
Um, luckily, it was a little bit warmer out. It was about 20 degrees instead of the usual, like, zero degrees it had been. Um, but it was absolutely freezing. So, uh, yeah, I appreciated all the electricity that was in my home because I just remembered what it was like to go without it. Uh, my sink had recently gotten fixed so it wasn't a leaky faucet anymore so that was something to be really appreciative about um and even my shower head uh recently got changed to like some like if you ever um don't feel good in the shower if you can get a different shower head it makes a world of difference holy shit okay anyways so my point is All of these small things which people think of as necessities are actually luxuries to us, okay? Um, I've lived in homes that were basically trap homes um, that didn't have electricity for a while. The water was shut off. Um, I was living in freezing darkness. And I'm... Just trying to appreciate what I do have and how much I struggled to get to where I am right now. Okay, so since then, I've laid in bed and just tried to think of like a handful of things that I'm grateful for at that moment. And (laughs) the first things I can usually think of are a nice warm bed, a nice warm house, and, um, you know, like coffee in my cup. Because why can't we be grateful for the little things, okay? Appreciate what you do have um, and be grateful for the people and the type of access to information that you do have, okay? And then abundance will follow or at least it'll shift your perspective perspective to understand that abundance is not monetary means, okay? Abundance is, holy shit, I can pay all my bills. I'm not, um, you know, having to use my credit card. Abundance is being able to make um, loan payments on time. Abundance is um, being able to afford coffee creamer. Abundance is to be able to afford um, body wash that you really like. It doesn't have to be extremely big, elaborate things. Abundance is just um, feeling as though what you do have is um, more than enough to live on. And a pretty miraculous thing happened, like, literally the very next day. Um, I came into a little bit more money. Um, I don't really want to talk about what happened, but it was fucking incredible. I was just like, did I manifest this or was this already going to happen? Who's to say? But the idea of gratitude brings abundance and then abundance brings in more gratitude was absolutely um, spot on to what I was going through at that time. So I'd like to think it was the abundance that brought it back the gratitude anyways so why am I talking about this so this podcast represents um 
gratitude for this learning and this wisdom. And it provides like a platform to discuss these type of topics within the witch's world. So we can all expand from each other's experiences, if you will. So keep thinking about the using the hermetic maximum as above, so below. And we can start to understand these type of energetic shifts in these reoccurring tides. Preparing us um, for like the saying of um, calm waters doesn't make a very good sailor. It's preparing us to be um, interstellar sailors, okay? From traveling from one life to the next or in between dimensions, however you will. The Pisces season marks the sixth year I started to read tarot, so this kind of feels pretty big for me. Um, like I said, it's the beginning and the end of my spiritual year as a whole. Um, so it's really exciting being able to check out where I was and how sheepish I was starting at um, Ground Zero. And then slowly working my way up to owning my own tarot business and speaking to you all on a podcast, um, and slowly making these bigger steps to, um, things that are way more in line with my life's purpose. So, a couple, um, tips of advice is to create a, um, art, create some art, especially if it's pointless, anything you want. Little doodles, little symbols, um, my symbols that I usually go to are like a really open loppy heart that almost looks like an infinity symbol. Um, it just kind of makes me feel like all is one and that's been my own personal mantra forever. So I like to draw those. Um, also keeping a dream journal is really important or a journal in general, Writing three pages of stream thought has been monumentally important to my personal growth. Um, I want to say the idea of it came from, was it Julie or Julia Cameron? She wrote a book called The Artist's Way. It was all about like unlocking your creativity, which I was just in a creative slump, but I didn't realize that I was actually living in what I had thought I wanted with my life and what I actually wanted with my life was completely different. But yeah, being brutally honest with yourself in a journal is the most liberating thing you can do for yourself as a um, educated or literate person. Um, don't take these things for granted, okay? I'm sure if our ancestors had access to um, affordable education. They just wanted to learn to read and write also, and I think our world would have been a way better place if um, everybody would have had access to some kind of, like, education. Uh, I'm not saying it's the end-all be-all, but it's definitely a step forward, um, and it definitely empowers people. Magician vibes. But anyways, uh, dream journal, it's super important, um, and especially to reflect back upon, um, I want to say it was the horoscope which had made the point that, um, 
dreams are almost like poetry that are physically enacted into our subconscious. And I didn't really get this until I was journaling and some of the symbolisms that kept popping out at me um, were interesting. Like the fact that I would constantly keep dreaming about living in a certain house. And all of these like very like angsty or like frustrating things kept happening. Okay. Um, it was like my childhood house. Um, or a very common symbol that kept popping up, especially within the last, like, you know, shadow period slash retrograde was clothes. Clothes kept popping up, um, in piles and mountains, dirty clothes, clothes that didn't match, that didn't make sense, didn't fit, um... Clothes to me are almost like a symbol of attainable value. And whenever I wear my favorite clothes, I feel like I value myself because I'm treating myself to those clothes. Um, I'm actually like a very thrifty person. Like I like secondhand clothes the best because I feel like the, clo- the world has way more clothes than needs to be buying brand new off the shelf. Doesn't mean occasionally I won't splurge, but anyways, so clothes to me are a symbol of valuing yourself, okay? So the fact that clothes kept popping up in this uh, retrograde season was very appropriate because Mercury is in my second house, the house of... um, of value and appreciation, but also it's usually ruled by Taurus, so it's of luxury and um, the finer things, I guess. But yeah, start to understand and appreciate these small little um, significant symbols that seem to pop up around your dreams or your real life. Um, If you have any questions about certain tarot cards or certain astrological aspects, let me know and I can help direct you or um, answer them if I can to the best of my ability. Um, But yeah, just plan your wildest dreams like they're actually going to happen. And remember this gratitude and abundance and abundance brings gratitude. It doesn't mean you always have to be absolutely 100% grateful, but... Try to move into that mindset of appreciating where you are and the privileges and the luxuries that you do have right now. And yeah, that brings me to one of the last things I wanted to say was um, I'm considering opening a um, metaphysical shop within the next uh, couple years going to take me a lot of money to get the capital together and all of the business plans enacted. Um, But in the meantime, I'm just going to be doing my um, tarot readings as per usual. But with the website launch coming up this weekend, I think that it'll be really beneficial for me to have something bigger to uh, work towards and save up for. Um, Yeah, I think the The one person that really pushed me to do this, there were several people, but 
um, when I was having this whole gratitude and abundance eureka moment, I was watching the Joan Jett documentary. I think it's on either Netflix or Hulu. Um, and I've always loved Joan Jett. I've always loved how much of a, like, punk rocker she is, how she came from nothing, um, just a teenager wanting to play, like, rock music and the electric guitar. So many people telling her she's not gonna do it, she can't do it, um, and look at her now, you know, she's won amazing, uh, monumental awards, she's performed everywhere with tons of crazy artists, um, yeah, she's amazing, and once I looked at her birth chart and I realized that she was also a Capricorn rising, um, this voice came up and said, if she can do it, you can do it too, and they're right, um, just because I operate on a different frequency or on a different pace than other people doesn't mean that I'm any less of an empowered person. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Ethereal Odyssey. My website will soon be launching, um, so I'll tag my website whenever it is completed. You could also look me up on Facebook, even though I am not super active there at Ethereal Odyssey. Yeah, thanks. You have an amazing retrograde season.